Welcome to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts, Ben and Nick, and this is the first time in months we are going to talk regular season Brooklyn Nets basketball on the podcast. We skipped last week because Nick was in Jamaica, and I was sick with the flu. It was not COVID. I got tested, and it came back negative, so I just had the flu, but we're, we're here to give you guys... Our thoughts on the two and two nets. And first off, I just want to say it's really nice to be back, Nick. How, how you doing after uh, four games of basketball for our team in BK? I'm doing about 500, but uh, I am really pumped that I got this James Harden jersey. I was at a thrift store on Sunday uh, just buying a Halloween costume, and I was just scrolling, scrolling. I was just kind of going through the shirts on the shelf and found this little $10 gem which is a Brooklyn Nets James Harden jersey. I mean, listen, it's not stitched. You're not getting it on a, uh, an authentic website. But, dude, I could ball out in this and wear it to Nets games. No, that's freaking fresh, dude. And do you know who loves thrift stores? Who? Macklemore. I hate Macklemore. The song's called Thrift Shop. Oh, well, either way, he loves anything thrift. All right, so. You think he loves to- Taylor Thrift? <laughs> he might. I think he loves DeAndre Thrift. We got a lot of basketball to get to. You think Nick. he loves? No, I don't have any more. We got a lot of ball to get to. Let's start with the Nets' victory over the Washington Wizards. This was their second game in as many days. Uh, they were on the second half of a back-to-back, but they were able to beat Spencer Dinwiddie in his return to the Barkley Center, 104-90. to Kevin Durant was your high man with 25 points in this one, 9 of 17 from the field. Um, we saw a much sharper James Harden in that first quarter. By the way, the Nets came out and 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 put the Wizards on their heinies in that first quarter. 38-20 to 20 was the final score after one. And uh, it was all Nets all the way, Nick. So, you know, what do you think of this game? And, and let's start with that first quarter. How did you like how the Nets came out as opposed to the other three games this year? I mean, dude, we, we needed to come out, especially against a weak Wizards team. I mean, no offense. Uh, I think the Wizards have some potential. They have some young big men who are getting better. Uh, I just I just didn't see this as a threat. We needed to win this game to get back to 500. Uh, and I, the, to me, the story is Patty Mills, dude. Patty Mills, what is he, like the highest three-point percentage, uh, a minimum of like 10 or 12 shots in the league right now? He came off the bench with a spark, hit that buzzer beater. Was at the end of the first quarter he hit that? Uh, and he just – just this shot is so smooth. He's confident. He made – I forget who was guarding him. I don't know if it was Beal, but he made someone just fall down and he nailed a three in their face. So He, he broke listen, somebody's ankles. Yeah, I forgot who it was. He broke somebody's ankles. To me, listen, yes, it was nice to see, dude, but it would have been a lot worse for us to lose than nice for us to win because this is an expected win. This is a needed win. We've had some uh, kind of schlubby games so far. So uh, expected, needed, still nice, but more so a relief um, than than any sort of you know big surprise. So if you follow the Fireside Nets account on Twitter, Instagram, we have a TikTok. Um, I created a video earlier 
on Monday afternoon, basically talking about the, the, the few things that I think Steve Nash needed to do to improve this team's success. And the one, the one biggest point that I had was I needed to see Bruce Brown start. Start him for Joe Harris, go small, have Blake at the five, KD at the four, whatever you need to do. Get Bruce – what did I say, Bruce Harris before? I don't know I meant, what you said. I don't know what I said. I mean Bruce Brown. I think I said Bruce Brown before. But he was he was a guy who has not really played in the first three games. The Nets were one and two. Fans were scratching their heads. Why isn't this guy in? It happened last year too. He barely played the first few weeks of the season. All of a sudden against the Utah Jazz, I think it was, Nash starts him, and the Nets blew out the best team in the Western Conference last year. So – I was happy to see Nash make that adjustment. He puts in Bruce Brown. You had Joe Harris, James Harden, KD, Bruce Brown, and Blake Griffin. That was your starting five. You Where was Aldridge? Aldridge was a DMP, right? Aldridge rested today. He, he was on right. rest. But you went small, and, and you beat up on your right, a weak Wizards team. And Bruce Brown, man, 30 minutes, he gave you 14 points on 6 of 10 shooting, three rebounds, one turnover. His plus-minus was a zero. But he said it after the game. He's like, I am the energizer bunny. That is my job. And that's exactly what he did, Nick. He came in here and he energized the crap out of this team. I mean, look whose minutes he ate into more than anybody else. It's Javon Carter, who got his first start uh, in the game prior in game three uh, and finished with three points and two rebounds. But if you look at the last three games, Javon Carter, 23 minutes against the 76ers, 26 minutes against the Hornets, and now down to 14 against the Wizards. And they won pretty handedly. So... Listen, we really like Javon Carter's defense against the Sixers, but he is just, like, not an offensive threat in the slightest. And, you know, I would call him an energizer bunny, too. I think he does have that same hustle mentality. He'll die for every loose ball. He plays maybe even better uh, on-ball defense than Bruce Brown, but he just doesn't do the other small things that Brown does, which is rebound, which is putbacks, little floater in the paint that Bruce Brown loves. So, listen, we loved Bruce Brown last year. I'm happy to see him getting minutes well-deserved. Yes, I think we both say we prefer Bruce Brown over Javon Carter, but I got to say uh, a tough a tough game four for Javon Carter to kind of be instantly cut in half and see this ramification of the Nets not really needing him. Yeah, I think that if you're going to see more of Bruce Brown, you're going to see less of Javon Carter, and that's exactly what we saw tonight. The result was a win. Um, I, I want to get back to James Harden. He was five of 17 from the field, one of eight from three. So that's his, his jumper is not there for him right now. You know, that's going to come back soon, but nine assists for James Harden, only two turnovers that numbers down from the last few games, uh, only 14 points. He, he just came out. He looked a little bit sharper early on. They didn't need much of him. If I had to pick three stars for the Nets tonight, I'd say it was KD with, with the 25 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Um, and he had that ridiculous three-pointer before halftime where he took like one dribble inside of half court and drilled it over two Wizards players. That was sick. The second star, you brought him up, Patty Mills, 21 for Patty on 8 of 14 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3. Patty's our third star right now, Nick. Until Kyrie comes through those doors, it is Kevin Durant, James Harden, and then Patty Mills. Well, that's and what we said from the start, right? We said that's why that pickup of Patty Mills is so important. You're absolutely right. And then my third star would be a tie between uh, Bruce Brown and James Harden. No, but, I'm going to say the third star yeah. is Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton's coming off a tough couple games. And listen, the stat line wasn't going to blow you out of the water, but he had eight, I think he had eight rebounds and six points. Yeah, eight rebounds, six points, and a great from behind block. Uh, on So I might have been Beal going up for it. I keep thinking it's Beal because I want Beal to get screwed. But Claxton, 
actually had a good hat on his shoulders tonight. He was playing smart. Uh, he wasn't playing erratically. He had a couple putbacks, and he was rebounding the ball well. And listen, it's a much easier matchup. I don't. I don't to- think he had any putbacks, by the way. I think all his buckets were off passes, and uh, he had a post up. Same thing. Uh, I listen. He looked very obviously weak against Joel Embiid, but against pretty much any other big man on any of these teams, you know, minus Anthony Davis or a Jokic, he's gonna be okay defensively. So it was a good game for him. Let me help you out here with Claxton. And this is another point I made in my video. I had three keys for, for Nash to win these, these ball games. First one was play Bruce Brown more. The second one was bring Nick Claxton off the bench. Whether you start Blake Griffin, whether you start LaMarcus Aldridge, course, I don't care. Course. The first three games he started, he got bullied by Giannis. He got bullied by Embiid. He didn't look great um, against Charlotte the other day. And you bring him off the bench. He is a energy like he's like Bruce Brown, except when you start Bruce Brown, you get that energy right off the bat. Bring Claxton off the bench. You see what he does with James Harden. Um, you see how he's able to contribute. Six points for him. Claxton was a plus twenty-one tonight. Had eight rebounds in just Dude. sixteen minutes. Those are there those are go. good numbers. Um, the only other thing I'll say about this game before we move on, DeAndre Bembry finally got some play. I was getting annoyed every game Nash was going to James Johnson before Bembry, and I just haven't seen James Johnson do anything. I don't really think his style fits with this team because he's a player who sort of needs the ball in his hands a little bit. Like he's not a catch and shoot guy, but Bembry in 18 minutes, three of five from the field, seven points, three rebounds, one assist, two steals, one block. Like that. He was a plus four in the game. Um, Just great overall team win for the Nets. And the final thing I'll say is defense, man. Defense was fantastic. He limited Bradley Beal to 19 points. Spencer Dinwiddie, our, our former love, we limited him to 10 points. Washington shot, Nick, just 35% from the field and 23% from three. So kudos to the Nets for the job they did on said, defense. We also shot sub-30 from three, uh, 28%. But it was good to you. And the last thing I'll say about this game before we move on to the Hornets is uh, – are we going to the Hornets next? Is, no, we're, we're not. We're, you know how okay. we do. We're going to go Bucks, Sixers, oh, Hornets. Bucks. Okay. Uh, the last thing I'll say is Dinwiddie. I know you mentioned him before. Not a great show, but Barkley's three for 13 from the field. He had one nice step back three uh, that he just drilled, and it was a beautiful rainmaker. But, you know, I still love Dinwiddie. I wish him the best. I, I think he could be a stud on another team, but it was a little disappointing. He just did not show up at all today. Sometimes that happens, right? When guys come back to their former team – they either, put, they either put on and it's like a 30, 40 point performance. It's like, oh shit, he's getting revenge or they, they have an off game. Now I'm not going to give Dinwiddie shit because the other night, I think he put up 34 in their last game. Um, I don't remember who they beat, but they beat someone decent. But uh, so he's coming off a great game. He was due for a stinker. Not a big deal. Nets did the, the damn thing. Uh, good win against the Wizards in their second home game. Okay, Nick, we move on. So the way this podcast works, we go the latest game, and then we go all the way back to the first game uh, in the last week that we haven't talked about. That was the Milwaukee Bucks. We lost 127-104. to 104. I'm not going to say much more about it. Giannis dominated us. Nobody showed up except Kevin Durant and Patty Mills. Uh, that was the entire game. We do not have to talk a lot about this match. Yeah, pass. Okay, we move on to our first win of the season. We played the 76ers, and I have the day. We played the 76ers on Friday, and the final score was 114 to 109. Uh, Nets were down most of this game, actually, outscored by Philly in the first two quarters. 
uh, outscored them in the third by one. And then the fourth quarter, the Nets just clamped down on defense. LaMarcus Aldridge was heroic. He had, I want to say, 10 for 12 from the field, and he had 23 points, three rebounds. I'm sorry, five rebounds and two blocks. He was a plus 21. Great defense on Joel Embiid in that fourth quarter. He did a good job of of staying big and not fouling. Uh, Obviously, Durant was was the stud in this game. 29 points, 15 rebounds, 12 assists, a triple-double for him. Harden gave you 27 rebounds and eight assists. Shot just 7 to 17 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3. This was actually Harden's best statistical game so far. Um, and then you got 11 from Mills off the bench, 3 of 3 from three-point range in this one. Um, you know, You're missing was, the most important part of the game was we did not lead until 48 seconds left in the game. Well, there you we go. We did I, not lead once the entire game until 48 seconds left. So we did not leave for 47 minutes of this look, game. The, the Sixers scored the ball, right? They shot damn near 48% from the field, almost 40% from three. Uh, Tobias I mean, Seth had, Curry could not miss. Yeah, neither could Tobias Harris. Tobias had 23 on 10 of 20 from the field. Curry had 23 on 9 of 12 from the field. Um, Embiid ended up with only 19 and 8. Maxi had 15. Corkmans is freaking nice, too. They were, the they Sixers were, are a good team, man. They were cooking us for the majority of this game, but thank God we have Kevin Durant. And I mean, the highlight I remember from this game is Patty Mills just like Matrix running faster than the other team layup. To basically that was, ice that was the under game. Embiid too. Embiid was trying to catch him and block it, and he did like a really quick scoop up. Now the best part of this game was Aldridge in the clutch, dude. I mean, oh, yeah. Aldridge came in and just was drilling like little six foot faders in Embiid's face to seal the deal, and then Aldridge went to the line, hit an and one shot, and then hit two more free throws to seal the deal. So this was the LaMarcus Aldridge comeback game. This was the, thank God, LaMarcus Aldridge is healthy game. Because if we had to depend on Claxton to match up against Embiid in that game, given that first half where he just literally was getting bullied by Embiid, Embiid was getting anything he wanted. I mean, it just made you think, dude, if we did not have Aldridge, we lose that game. Look, I, I know a lot of people argued with me on this in the offseason. They said that Patty Mills was the biggest addition. Through four games, it is Patty. But LaMarcus Aldridge is a close two, man. He's been very good for the Nets. I know he had the night off tonight, um, but but this game, he was awesome. He's a mid-range assassin, Nick. He, he goes 10 of 12 from the field, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds. He was a plus 21. Uh, Claxton scared me in this game. You brought it up. He was a minus 19 in just 17 minutes. That's I mean, really dude, that bad. Is three times his size. I know. I know. I'm looking at the numbers here. Blake, another – Blake has had some really bad shooting performances to start the year. One of six from the field for Blake in this one, 0 of 5 from three. Uh, he did have four points because he went two or three from the line in just 19 minutes. He's got to play better. Blake has to step it up. Um, but we, we can get more into that, you know, when we talk about our, our overall breakdown of the team through four games. Okay, Nick, we move on to our home opener. Uh, a lot going on in this game. There was an anti-vax protest outside the arena. Scared a lot of people. They were trying to bum rush the arena. Uh, so the Nets had to play with that you know, dark cloud over their heads. No Kyrie Irving for the home opener. They lost to the Hornets, 111-95. This was never really, I mean, I'm not going to say this was never really a game because Brooklyn dominated, you know, before halftime. They outscored Charlotte 31-27 in the first, 27-23 in the second, but outscored by Charlotte 29-20 to in the third and then 32-17 to in the fourth. Miles Bridges put up 32 and nine in this game. He's going to be an all-star this year. 
That's a bold, bold statement. Ish Smith, first. Ish Smith came off the bench, gave him 15 and 21 minutes. He was great. Um, Ubre Jr. had nine. Lamelo Ball had 18 on eight of 18. The Hornets got whatever they wanted in that in that second half. Um, they shot 46 percent from the field, 33 percent from three. The Nets couldn't stop a nosebleed in this game. It was embarrassing. And then on offense, I mean, Kevin Durant damn near went for 40 points. He finished with 38 on 17 of 24. But but again, nobody stepped up in this game. I mean, Mills was off. He only had five points, uh, two of 10 from the field in 32 minutes, an off-shooting night for Patty Mills. Aldridge, nine points for him on four of seven in 22 minutes. But outside of James Harden, who, who had 15, there wasn't a, another net in double figures. Claxton this is a trap had, game. This is a trap game. Claxton had another game. stinker. Joe Harris stunk that, that day. Bruce Brown, actually in 27 minutes, Brown had eight points and seven rebounds. So that was a good sign. But the Nets were never you know, really in this game after halftime. You call it a trap game. Um, we were Hornets, nine and a nine and yeah. a half point favorites. I saw that yeah. line and I said that's ridiculous. Yeah, we're nine and a half point favorites after getting smoked by the Bucks. Game would say we had no right winning because right. the Sixers just went cold in the last five minutes. They went five minutes without scoring, and Embiid just lost his touch completely. Danny Green airballed three threes. So we kind of come off a bad game, a shaky sneak out win, and we go into this game against an up and coming young-ass Hornets team that's got all the energy and all the confidence in the world. I mean, listen, it was a pretty much a tie game going into the fourth quarter, and then Cody Martin went off with two or three threes. Ish Smith started hitting fadeaway jumpers. We literally let like four or five possessions kind of go where we, where we either turned the ball over or got a dumb shot, and the Hornets went up 12 in a heartbeat. So this was a trap game in the sense that we, we were way too favorited. People were getting way too lax about our chances. The Hornets are not to be just – I think the that's the Hornets' record at this point. Three the th- they were three and zero. Did they They're play three- again? I don't know. I'm not sure. They're three and one. They lost to the the Celtics yesterday in overtime. Okay, so there you go. Don't overlook the Hornets. Lamelo's nice. Miles Bridges. Well, I, I, I'll I, say I it mean, again. Yeah. Gordon Hayward. Miles Bridges is going to be an all star, and we are still figuring out our identity and our rotations. So this was a bad loss because we just got cold and shaky at the end, and really had no response to some of the, the guys on the Hornets. But I'm not going to sit here and say we got outplayed the whole game. They got hot in the end. We didn't. Kind of similar to the Sixers, but reversed. I saw before this game someone on Nets Twitter, they said that we're going to dominate them because, you know, they don't really have true bigs. They have Mason Plumlee, but P.J. Washington is the backup center. He's not really a center. Um, and, and they thought that our bigs and LaMarcus, Millsack, who hasn't really played a ton, Griffin and Clax would dominate them. Or I'm sorry, Griffin was off for the night. So it was just, uh, yeah, it was just Clax, Millsap, and Aldridge. Um, they got, got out rebounded. They got whatever they wanted at the rim. We got out rebounded. They were hitting. They they had every mid range shot they wanted. Ish Smith just walked into these mid range jumpers. Um, it was funny. I thought that Miles Bridges basically beat up on us for three quarters, and then in that fourth quarter, Ish Smith and Cody Martin were like, "Don't worry, guys, we got this." And they just went off and hit a bunch of shots. Um. Cody Martin finished with 12. Oh, that's sad. Did they, drop, did they drop Caleb Martin? Oh. Yeah, I saw that. That was his brother. He used to play on the team. Interesting. Um, but, yeah, this Hornets team was good. You know, they spoiled the Nets home opener. And this was when I, I, you know, I thought to myself, Nash has to make a change because the Nets got off to a slow start yet again. I know they ended up outscoring Charlotte 31 to 27, but they started slow. Um you know, Claxton did not look look great in that starting position. S- second game in a row that happened. 
Um, you know, not enough. I know Bruce Brown ended up playing 27 minutes in this one, but the fact that he didn't start and you kind of put him in when you were already down, it didn't do you much justice. Um, this was the game where, you know, you saw the next night Nash needed to make some adjustments. He did then ended up beating the wizards. We talked about that earlier in the show, but the nets are going to have to, you know, show up for these games against these young teams. There's a lot of the Pistons are going to be like this. I know the Hornets are much more, you know, down the line than the Pistons, but in the past, the Nets have struggled to put away young teams. The Rockets are, are relatively young. The Kings are a young team. Um, I'm, I'm thinking out loud. The Grizzlies are pretty young. So, you know, the, the Nets are, are not the youngest kids on the block. They have a pretty old team, and and you're going to have games like this where you just get out outrun by these young guys. I agree. I agree. I was scared of this game from the beginning. Uh, but, yeah, that's all I got on that one. Shout out all to right. Miles Bridges. Also, Shout out to Miles Bridges. Okay, Nick. So, Nets are 2-2. Two and two. We talked about all four games. Uh, give me three words or less to describe this team right now. Not quite there. Oh, wow. Can I give you my three words? Yeah. I need more. So, kind of just the same thing in different words. Uh, yeah, I – Listen, I could break down individual players and tell you who I'm impressed with, who I'm not. Uh, I don't want to bore our listeners. But this is where we're experimenting. Without Kyrie, with a bunch of new players, a bunch of new veterans, a bunch of different bigs, we're kind of just mixing and matching and seeing what sticks. And I will say, after a shaky four games, we are figuring that out more. Aldridge is going to have to be the go-to big. Patty Mills and Bruce Brown, I think, are going to be the two guards that lead the way. So, obviously, after Harden, if, if Kyrie doesn't come back. Uh, and I'm glad we figured that out early on. I mean, the biggest takeaways for me right now are Durant's the GOAT, no doubt about it. And Marcus Aldridge is going to be uh, a major, major factor if we're going to have a championship run. Patty Mills, I'm actually okay with right now replacing Kyrie because he's filling his role nicely. Uh, and then the bad ones are Claxton just doesn't seem to be developing at a quick enough pace to ever really be a major part of this team. I mean – it's been years now, and he just doesn't seem to be improving. Well, and he's not packing in, on in, weight. In his defense, he hasn't played a lot of NBA games. He's been in the league for three or four years. But, but he's playing in practice and training every day. Yeah, every but, but he was rehabbing a lot in the beginning of last year. He, he, he came sure, in midseason. Sure. You got to cut him some slack. I do agree with you, though. I think that now he's in this bench role. I think he'll be able to flourish a little bit more. Um, those are some good takeaways. I'm, I, I'm know, I, have, those. I have one more takeaway. What's your last takeaway? Joe Harris is just continuing his bad playoff run. I mean, yeah. I have Joe Harris' stats open right now. And listen, it's been through – I think this doesn't even have the game today, So uh, yesterday. So it's been through four games, uh, three games. Joe Harris is averaging 30. He's 38% from the field. His career average is 48. He's 10% below it. His career field goal percentage from three is 44%. He's at 39%. He's shooting 50% from the free throw line. His career is 78. His player efficiently rate, uh, player efficiency rating, which is a measure of per minute production in the league, is at a 4.9 this year. He's been averaging his career a 12.6. Okay, so across the board. Joe Harris is playing significantly lower than he has in the past. And I really think it's mental at this point. I think that uh, Celtics and Bucks series stuck with him. And I think he's trying to come back and he's forcing shots and he's trying to get back into the group and he can't find that yet. Um, and that's tough to see because I think we all kind of had that mentality of, all right, 
This is his second playoffs in a row where Joe Harris didn't really show up after being one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Is he going to come back out in the regular season and show us what he's made of and not promising in these first four games? I'm definitely worried about Joe. I think that right now it would make more sense to start a DeAndre Bembry over him or Bruce really? Brown. One of one of those Bruce guys. Brown, I Bruce Brown, I mean – Bembry's a nice player defensively. He can help you out. I don't know if you – because you can't start Bembry and Brown. So if you're going to start Brown, you sort of have to start Harris too if you're going to go small. If you're going to go big and you're going to start a combination of Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge, or Nick Claxton at the four and the five, then my starting lineup would be Harden, Bruce Brown, Kevin Durant, two of those bigs. If you're going to go small, you need Joe Harris in there to stretch the floor. So I hope that was clear. Um, but those are great takeaways, Nick. My, my takeaways, I'm not going to you know, repeat anything you said. Um, James Harden is playing his way back into shape. You know, I saw a lot of people were talking about this on Nets Twitter, but they're putting this in, into perspective, and it makes sense. James Harden had to recover from an injury for the majority of the end of the regular season. He rushed back to try to play in the playoffs. He played on a really severely injured hamstring. And all summer, he he did not play in the Olympics because he wanted to get right for the season. And he just hasn't played a lot of live basketball in the last three or four months. So he's sort of playing his way back into shape. He's playing his, his way back into playing shape, I should say. And, um, you know, Nash has commented on that. You've seen a ton of Nets insiders allude to that. So I think that he will get there. You know, he is not a 20 points per game scorer. He's a 30 point per game scorer. That's what James Harden does. He scores 30 in his sleep. I think he'll improve. Um, And the other thing I want to see is Nash just, you know, keep adjusting these rotations. You're going to find something that really works with the first and second unit, but but don't stop trying. Don't stop experimenting. Um, And those are my takeaways. When are we going to see Cam Thomas? He's not ready yet. Him and uh, Dayron Sharp, I believe, signed two-way deals, so they're going to be practicing and playing with the Long Island Nets as well as the Brooklyn Nets. Um, all right, Nick, we have the Heat on Wednesday. They play, they come to Barclays. So what is your prediction for the Miami Heat coming to town? Ooh, our boy Duncan Robinson, man. That's a tough one. Some call I, him a young Joe Harris. Some do, or a young uh, Sheen from Jimmy Neutron, or I guess an older Sheen. Sheen's got to be old now, though. Um. That's a tough game, dude, and that's a tough matchup for us because they also play small, and Bam Bam matches up against our bigs pretty favorably because mm-hmm. uh, he's more mobile than most of our guys, and he can get up there. So, Well, Bam, this, Bam hit the buzzer beater against us last year, if you remember. Yeah, no, they're, they're a tough matchup, dude. They can, they can shoot lights out. Uh, it's going to be a bang-bang game and a big bong game, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm going to say super scrappy. Uh, we win by three. It's going to be tied with about 20 seconds left, and Durant's going to hit a three in Jimmy Butler's face to win the game. I'm just not excited to have to face Kyle Lowry. There is not a player that I root against harder when we're playing them. I don't wish ill upon Kyle Lowry, but I hope he goes 0 of 13 from the field. I hope every time he embellishes a call, he gets a technical called on him. And they're they allowed they're allowed to give him more than two technicals, so he gets like five to six technicals a game. Um, and I just hope that he fouls out in the second quarter. He is the most frustrating player to root against because every time he plays the Nets, he kills us. He really does. So just to, not, just to yeah yeah, I was just gonna say with the Miami Heat, they're two and one right now. Okay. Uh, 
They beat the Celtics, who are pretty weak this year. They beat the Bucs. They, they blew out the Bucs, but the Bucs were sitting uh, a lot of their guys. Okay. Like, the Bucs were only playing Giannis, Middleton, Connaughton, Grayson Allen, and George and, Hill. And who is the Heat's uh, lone loss against? And the Heat's lone loss was against the uh, Pacers in overtime. Okay. Got it. So – who do you think? Oh, I'm sorry. Game? I'm sorry. The Nets, the Celtics was a preseason game. They no. beat the Bucks. They lost to the Pacers, and they beat the Magic. Okay. Who is uh Who is your winner of this game on Wednesday? Nets or Heat? I just said. Did you not hear me just explain the end of the game? Oh, you said Kevin Durant. Yeah. yeah it, it's a tie game. Twenty seconds left. Durant hits a three in Jimmy Butler's face. This is going to be James Harden's coming out party. He's going to put up thirty plus. I have the Nets in a tight one. One thirteen. To 109, they will beat the Miami Heat on Wednesday. Okay, I'll take it. All right. So that does it for this week's episode of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Nick, I just have one more question before you before we end the pod. Will you go to the Nets game with me next Wednesday night against the Atlanta Hawks if I'm able to get some tickets? I haven't been that nervous to ask a question since I got engaged like three months ago. So that was just a lot of butterflies in my stomach right now. Thank you so much. I look forward yeah, to going to you. time, you filthy animal. All right. That does it. Thanks for listening, guys. Can you feel the love tonight? Catch you on the fireside. <laughs>